0: When Peter Yasek was jailed in Sudan for his faith, he asked God, how long do I have to stay here? But as the time went on, he discovered that God had ordained opportunities for him in prison to share his faith in Christ and his prayers began to change.
1: I stopped asking the Lord, how long? And I rather asked the Lord, how do you want me to use Lord? And I started to be more open even with the Muslims who were in the cell. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network.
0: Last week, we heard part one of our conversation with Peter Yasek. He's a Voice of the Martyrs staff member from the Czech Republic. In 2015, he was jailed in Sudan after traveling there and offering to pay the medical expenses of a young man there who'd been injured. The Sudanese government claimed that that money was to help rebel groups in the southern part of Sudan and the government put Peter in prison. Last week, he told us how he was placed in a cell with other prisoners, even ISIS fighters who were hostile to his Christian faith. He was beaten and mocked by those prisoners. After he'd been in that prison for a few weeks, the Lord brought a scripture verse to Peter's mind, and it became a theme for him over the next 14 months. Here he explains why it was such a gift to have that verse stored away in his memory before he went to prison.
1: You know, when I was arrested, I could not have my phone where I have my electronic Bible. But uh, every day or every other day, sometimes once a week, uh, the Holy Spirit started to re- uh, remind me some of the verses that I really needed at that time. I remember when I was worrying about my family, I got the verse uh, from the Holy Spirit from uh, Ephesians uh, 3, 2021, 20, to whom that uh, can do far more than when we what we pray or what can we even imagine. to him him be the glory. There was another verse that uh, was uh, from uh, Philippians 4, 7, uh, that uh, the peace uh, of the Lord uh, that surpasses all human thinking will guard uh, your hearts and minds. So these verses were really encouraging me through the time in prison. And there was one specific verse, you know, when you are in this small room surrounded by people who are five times a day praying out loud, and not only that, but there was all there were always like 2 3 maybe sometimes 4 people who were reading quran out loud and when they read the quran it's not like uh, reading and looking at the book like we read bible but it is uh, out loud reading or singing and all these uh, sounds from the cell and the lack of space and uh, lack of air uh, it uh, really is very depressing and i w- came to the point when i was it was very difficult for me to even formulate a prayer in my mind and that time i remember that the holy spirit reminded me the verse uh, from uh, revelation uh, 4 8 uh, when um, maybe i could read this verse uh, to you and the four living creatures each of them with six wings all full of eyes all around and within and day and night they never cease to say Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And this verse you know, brought me to the point to start to think about, you know, if these four creatures can say this day and night forever, And I said, if I just repeat this, if I just would just repeat this, maybe one one day, one week, one month, or one year, or maybe several years, I would just do what uh, these four creatures do in heaven. So I started to repeat this uh, verse uh, and I modified it in certain ways, like was uh, uh, glorifying God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I just, uh, you know, all this was just in my mind. I could not say anything out loud. I would spoil their prayers or their reading. And uh, they started to step by step, day by day. The situation, the attitude of my, my neighbors in this uh, cell uh, got worse and worse. They started to limit my movement around the cell. And they uh, changed several times the place where I was supposed to be during their prayers. And eventually I ended up in just in the, in the toilet uh, where I was supposed to even face the toilet sink while they were praying. So all this uh, exalting of the Lord's name and uh, proclaiming His glory and holiness was in my mind. And when I started to do that, I received uh, a real peace in my mind and I was uh, rejoicing inside me and I was uh, exalting the Lord's name over me, my situation as well as over the situation uh, and of my family. And the result of this uh, was, uh, was to come very, very, soon after
0: that can you say it and check how you how you were thinking through the the holy holy holy
1: Svatý, 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 hospodin Bůh zástupů, ten, který byl, který je a který přichází. And then I was uh, modifying it and I was saying like, uh, holy is the father, holy is the father, uh, the, the God Almighty, holy is the God, the healer. And I was thinking about those uh, Christians in the world, the persecuted ones that I knew that they needed healing. Holy is the one uh, who rescues the prisoners. And I was in the situation not thinking about myself, but I was think, thinking thinking at that time about the Eritrean prisoners that uh, are already in prison for 12 or 13 years. And uh, in this situation, uh, it, it was uh, bringing peace to myself, and uh, I was even able to think about more about my family at that time.
0: And I think there's such a lesson there for all of us. When you, when you turned your attention to God and you turned your attention to other people, praying for them instead of praying for yourself it changed things in those first days what was it like to think about oh my wife my daughter my son they're they're back in check they're wondering what's happening to me what's you know tell me how you kind of process through that
1: my family started to worry immediately when I did not send any text message or didn't call them from Nairobi where I was supposed to fly through. I didn't send them a text message or I didn't call them from Amsterdam where I was supposed to land as well. And so my family started to worry and I knew that that they would be worrying if I did not send them the text message or call them. Then when I realized that they must have been waiting at each arrival from Amsterdam and I was worried about that this is something that uh, makes made me worried uh, a lot and I was praying for them, I was praying for their peace. Myself, I was in a very difficult situation. I was worried that much that even a thought, later on even a thought about my family always caused my emotion to go down very much. I tried deliberately not to think about my family because it brought me to the point that I would be depressed and I would cry and I was just praying and exhausted exalting the name of the Lord, asking him for peace for myself and for my family. But I could not think about uh, any more details about my family because it was very sensitive for me at the time.
0: So you began this this process of, just in your mind, holding up the holiness of God repeatedly throughout the day, throughout the night. Two days later, there was a shift in how you were treated in the cell. Talk a little bit about that. And, and The interesting question for me, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, was the the chicken or the egg. Was was God getting you ready for what was going to happen in the cell or was the spiritual climate of the cell being upset by your praises of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit such that the enemy of our souls had to respond? Talk about two days later how things changed.
1: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, You know, I'm sure that the Lord... Uh, was preparing me for the spiritual battle that started after, shortly after that. Or we can uh, also say that this uh, exalting of the holiness of the Lord and of His name also uh, started the spiritual warfare in, in this cell. Because, you know, even though I had been already limited a lot and uh, treated not very nicely by the Daesh people at that time, because of this type of prayer, two days later they started to openly torture me and beat me you know they uh, let me for instance sit uh, it was legs in one place uh, for like several hours uh, they asked me to stand in one place uh, for a long time later on they started to slap me with uh, you know into my face uh, i was hit with their fist into my face uh, many times Uh, Then they uh, let me sit on the floor and uh, they started to ask me questions, various questions. First of all, they called me the filthy pig or filthy rat. And uh, when they called me and said, filthy pig, come here. And I decided at first that I will not respond to these rude names. And when I did not respond, I got hit with a wooden stick. Uh, You know, they unscrewed from uh, from the sweeper uh, that was there to clean the floor. And uh, whenever I did not respond immediately to this uh, to these new names filthy pig or filthy rat uh, they immediately hit me either on my head my shoulders or uh, from uh, my fingers or they uh, kicked me and uh, into my stomach with uh, this rod and uh, this started to be really open attack uh, on uh, on my body uh, at that time i was really uh, thinking about the lord jesus what he had to go through when he was arrested and they also were beating him with wooden stick and they were ridiculing him, slapping him. I could clearly see the Lord Jesus and how he suffered for us. So for me, I received a wonderful peace at that time and uh, surprisingly you know when i was physically attacked i was experiencing the greatest peace in prison time ever uh, in all these uh, 14 and a half months and i could even pray during these beatings for my family members i could pray for other fellow prisoners and i was not uh, uh, moved to the point at when i used to, be, used to be before because i had this peace from the lord uh, at this time of uh, the physical attacks on my body. And they also uh, were kicking me with their legs, you know, with shoes on. So I had bruises on my on my back that I realized I uh, later on you know when uh, I was supposed to uh, look into the uh, toilet sink and uh, they realized that I was I, despite the fact that I was in the toilet but I was not looking in the sink they were very angry and uh, one of the guys uh, kicked the door and uh, the door hit my elbow and uh, it was very painful I thought uh, some of my bones uh, got broken but uh, it was only just, just uh, bruised I see it clearly now when I look back that uh, when I was uh, gl- uh, exalting and glorifying the Lord's name their furiousness uh, when they became very very furious and especially the fact that I was not retaliating uh, the hits the slaps uh, or the the the, the being uh, beaten by the wooden stick uh, they became more and more furious and eventually uh, they decided to torture me even in a much worse way
0: and I want to talk, before we get to that, about your wedding ring, because you managed to get into this cell with your wedding ring still on, partly because it was hard to take off. At some point, they said, wait a minute, we want that ring. Tell us about that, and, and especially the word that they used, because I think it's very significant what they called it when they stole your ring.
1: During the first months in prison, I lost a lot of weight. I probably at the time lost already 15 kilos because of the uh, meager food and not very good food and all the stress. So suddenly my wedding ring became loose on my finger. And they noticed that. And during this uh, time, when they were beating me, torturing me, they immediately told me, Give us this ring. You know, you Christians, you have to pay tax, you have to pay jizya to Muslims. And uh, then the Muslims are protecting the Christians. So I, <clears throat> at first I didn't want to give uh, my ring because <clears throat> I didn't know what they were going to do with it. And I didn't want to lose it. This was like, it, it meant a real a lot for me to have this wedding ring. But uh, then they threatened me. They started to sharpen the edge of one of the metal uh, <clears throat> bowls that we used to uh, eat from. <clears throat> and uh you know there is uh, they were threatening me that they will cut my throat with this uh, sharp edge and uh, i realized that the their threats are becoming uh, quite serious uh, with their threats and so eventually i said okay what what is it it is just a gold i would not uh, would like to be uh, just uh, cut with this uh, sharp edge uh, just because i am uh, you know valuing my ring that much so i decided and i took off the ring and gave it to them and they put it on a thread and they hang it uh, on the wall. And uh, they said later on that, um, okay, this is a jizya, this is a tax, and uh, uh, Daesh people, you know, they said, they, we need a lot of money. And if you give us your email address uh, later on, uh, we will email you and we will sell you your ring for 5,000 US dollars. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't uh, bother about that because, uh, you know, the, The wedding ring was not of more value maybe than $200, Uh, but it meant a lot for me because uh, I I had been wearing this ring for 25 years, so it has uh, much more value that can be expressed with money. But uh, at that time, I didn't think I just gave this and secretly hoped maybe that uh, they will change their mind and give it
0: back to me. They never gave it back to me. It's interesting to me that they called it a jizya, because that's supposed to mean that you're now protected. You've paid the tax, you're allowed to live as a Christian in a Muslim society, whatever, they'll protect you, they'll give you peace. That's not how it was, and in fact, they had this plan to actually elevate the torture—
1: yeah, that's true. I somehow expected, okay, if I paid the, the jizya, now they should stop uh, beating me, they should stop torturing me. But uh, the opposite actually happened. They started to plan to do uh, much uh, more with me uh, in a, uh, how they tortured me. Uh, at first, they asked me, "Do you know what it means, waterboarding?" And I said, "Yes, I know what waterboarding." Is. I said, they uh, somehow uh, wrongly uh, mentioned that Czechoslovakia. Slovakia allowed uh, CIA to torture uh, Al-Qaeda members on uh, your territory. And I said, no, no, it was not here. But then I realized that there's no way to argue with them. And they said, "Uh, we will show you what it means to be waterboarded. And so they started to prepare uh, a cloth uh, for that. And uh, I started to worry a lot because uh, at that time, you know, I I was not healthy. I was uh, what was actually even before that um, what I discovered uh, that I was anemic at the time and I was uh, not breathing normally I was hypoxic at the time so the imagination that I would uh, be waterboarded uh, I thought it might be my death and so you know at that time I was supposed also to clean all the dishes and uh, wash their underwear their clothes and uh, also you know i was supposed to wash the toilet with bare hand at the time so uh, they used me like a like a slave in the cell and uh, and one moment you know uh, they were Preparing this uh, cloth to waterboard me. And I was in the bathroom or toilet, whatever you call it. I was washing their clothes. I was just uh, trusting the Lord. I was praying, glorifying His name. And uh, this uh, this uh, verse from uh, a Revelation, you know, this was uh, uh, something that uh, was in my mind. And I was uh, exalting the name of the Lord, uh, repeating the Lord's name and uh, trusting that He will uh, be my uh, guard, he will protect me in any situation that might come. Uh, but it was kind of like obvious to me that uh, they are not just threatening me, they are going to do that. Suddenly, uh, one of the guards that they did not like uh, he noticed that some, something was going wrong in, in our cell and uh, probably even heard or listened to the conversation unnoticed by them. And immediately he opened the door, asked me to leave the cell with all my stuff and my blanket and took me uh, to another cell, which looking back to this moment, I would say he saved my life.
0: It's interesting to me because you you don't seem to be angry with these guys even now looking back on that how how do you explain that 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 these guys are threatening literally threatening your life and they celebrate death and destruction and violence how do you explain that that you were able to get through this experience without hatred and anger and and really like i say hating these guys
1: I think that the the fact that I was exalting and glorifying the Lord's name, the Lord gave me the peace, uh, the Lord gave me the comfort and the Lord gave me the strength not to retaliate uh, to their hits, and, uh, you know, with the wooden stick or with fists or slapping my face or or kicking me to my back. I uh, This was a kind of supernatural power that I received from the Lord uh, that I was able to remain peaceful and uh, calm and not to retaliate. And uh, I, I have to say that uh, what I clearly saw at that time, that the more I was peaceful and the more situations where I did not retaliate, it actually was uh, bringing them to the point when uh, they were more and more aggressive uh, to me.
0: I want to fast forward because we have only a limited amount of time. Four months into your imprisonment, you actually had been moved out of the security service prison to a, a more regular prison. But four months in, You kind of had a bout with depression, frustration. How long, oh Lord, is this going to last? God did something that that changed your mindset. Talk a little bit about how you felt before this and then what God did.
1: I was uh, uh, praying uh, to the Lord and I was even kind of setting in my mind the deadlines, you know, like at first I thought I and uh, was praying to be released after the three months that I was told by the representative of the Czech embassy that, usually that it takes the three months uh, before they have either to release me or to forward me to the court. I was not released. I was forwarded to the police station where the conditions were much, much worse than in this prison. I was a little bit worried, you know, and, uh, you know, from uh, my faith and my the yeah prayers have shifted from the questions for the asking the Lord how long I will be here or proclaiming the the victory and knowing that the Lord can open the the door of my cell to the point when I realized what it means to wait for the Lord and one experience happened in the second prison when uh, it was the night uh, on the 10th of April usually the, because I was arrested on the 10th of uh, December so whenever uh, another when the months started in prison, I was asking the Lord, how long, how long Lord? On April the 11th, four months and one day in prison, that was the uh, evening uh, when uh, 14 Eritrean uh, young people, people who were arrested uh, when they made attempt to cross the Sudanese-Libyan border where they were arrested and brought to this prison. And I heard kind of inner voice inside me, go and share the gospel with them. Uh, So I, I came closer to them. Two of them spoke uh, some English. They first asked me where I was from, and uh, I knew that these people would definitely not be Muslims. So I started to share Christ with them, share my testimony, because all these young people usually, I think the age was like from 16 to 18. Most of them, only one was maybe 20, and the oldest one was 25 years old, but most of them were just uh, between 16 and 18 year old and uh, I shared my testimony and you know, all of them wanted to go to Europe and I told them about my testimony when during the time of communism in my country I wanted to escape the country and how the Lord has showed me that he has a plan for my life I shared Christ with them and I believe that at least two of them were very honest when and when they I brought them to the point to give their life to Christ and I almost cried you know when I was sharing gospel with them sharing my testimony uh, and uh, I believe that that was the the eternal seed for their eternal life and I'm sure that I will meet uh, at least some of them in heaven one day and when I shared the gospel I uh, even uh, became more peaceful after that and then I thanked the Lord and I clearly saw that the Lord has a purpose for me to be there another month. I stopped asking the Lord how long and I rather asked the Lord how do you want me to use Lord how do you want me and I started to be more open even with the Muslims who were in this cell. The next morning They were all transferred to another prison so i clearly saw that the lord brought them there and he wanted to me to be there uh, just to share the gospel with them and that uh, gave me such a courage and joy uh, to share the gospel even among the
0: fellow prisoners uh, from those who were muslims so they were in that cell less than 24 hours but you had the chance to share the gospel with them I think that, like you say, it just changes your mindset of, okay, okay, I'll stay one more day if if it results in leading two people to Christ. What did it mean, because it's somewhere along this point you got a Bible, Uh, what did it mean to you to have God's Word after several months of being locked up without it? It was uh,
1: the, the Czech diplomat who came uh, to Khartoum, because we don't have an embassy in Khartoum. They had to, always to come from Cairo, where there is a Czech embassy, and he brought me the Czech Bible. You know, I tried many times in the previous prison to ask the guards for the Bible, because I said, if they have, can have Quran, they could bring me a Bible, but they always laughed at me. But in this prison, sir, to my great surprise, when uh, the Czech diplomat uh, visited me, uh, we were were sitting in the uh, office of the director of this police station or commander and uh, he brought me some toiletries, some uh, clothes and also Bible. Uh, He tried to hide the Bible but uh, you know the Commander was asking, what kind of book is that?" And uh, so we had to say, open it, this is a Bible. So he looked at that, realized it's in Czech language and uh, returned the Bible to me. So I was really excited. You know the cell was relatively dark. I was able to read the Bible only from 8 a.m. till maybe four. p.m. where there was enough light, Uh, but I had always to stand at the window uh, where I had more light, and reading from 8 a.m. till 4.30, sometimes uh, 5 p.m., I read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation in three weeks. I was so hungry for the Word of the Lord, and I was so excited when I came to the verse uh, that the Holy Spirit reminded me during the previous five months, almost five months of imprisonment. And I always, uh, you know, at that time I did not have a a pen and uh, and uh, paper, so I was trying to even uh, scratch some of the verses on the walls. uh, So that I would remember where uh, these encouraging verses uh, verses from Bible uh, are written in the scripture. So this was an amazing time for me, and the Lord used this time that I was building myself, uh, my spirit, for the time that was uh, still ahead of me.
0: You know, what amazing motivation that is for us to be memorizing God's Word. We've been hearing from Peter Yasik telling us about the hope he had even when facing the death penalty in prison in Sudan. Peter spent 14 months in prison. He was just released a few weeks ago. I had the opportunity to visit him in the Czech Republic and record this conversation. If you missed part one of this interview with Peter Jacek, you can hear it right now on our website, vomradio.net. You know, hearing stories like Peter's changes us, doesn't it? For instance, we just heard a powerful encouragement to memorize the Scripture so that we'll be prepared if our Bible was to be taken away or if we were somehow separated from God's Word. You can hear more stories like these from those who have met with God in special ways under persecution at vomradio.net. That's vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to hear the conclusion to my interview with Peter Yasek. You know, one of the things Peter said all through his time in prison was, God is the one who holds the key to my cell. Come back and join us next week as we hear how God used that key and opened the cell door and allowed Peter to return home to his family. You won't want to miss that next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.